likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, Jesus Christ, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day word for word from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. You are listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study and all volunteer ministry. Thank you for being here with us as we are studying through this book of Romans. Now, Romans is a systematic and organized presentation of the gospel of God concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and His salvation by grace through faith. Our study resumes in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, and in these verses, Dr. Mitchell brings out the fact that we have a new provision the Spirit of God and the Son of God praying for us. That is, we who know Jesus Christ as our Savior. We have two advocates, one in heaven and one on earth, each helping us in our weakness. Both Jesus in heaven and the Holy Spirit on earth are interceding for the believer in Christ through our most difficult times. Well, let's open our Bible to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Here is our teacher, Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you. The studies in the book of Romans, and we're in chapter 8. And we're starting today and verse 26, and running down through verse 30. And here we have a new provision. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, may I say that we're in the book of Romans, chapter 8. We've been going through the whole book of Romans, by the way. But we found in this 8th chapter, life in the Spirit. We have a new position. We are in Christ. I was in verse 1. And then we have a new deliverance, verses 2 to 4. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath set us free from the law of sin and the law of death. Then from 5 to 13, we are in a new place in which to live. 
that's in the Spirit. The life in the Spirit is the life which God would have us live because the flesh profits nothing. We owe the flesh absolutely nothing, and the flesh is opposed to God. Then from 14 to 17, we have a new relationship. Not only, not only have we been delivered from sin, not only delivered from Adam's race and from sin as a master and from the law in its bondage, but we've come into a new relationship as the children, as the sons of God. And then because of this, we are the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, which gives to us what about the body? The body is going to be redeemed. And we've been dealing in the last two lessons with a new hope from, verse, from verses 18 down to verse 25. And we were discussing the fact that the earth and the creature and the believer all have hope. I tell you, it's a wonderful thing when you think of the future glory of the saints. It, indeed, it must be wonderful if all creation is waiting for that time of our manifestation. In fact, the hope of creation is wrapped up in our hope. And while we wait in hope, though we are still in weakness, all creation waits. But the question is raised, but Mr. Mitchell, what if I fail and lose my hope? Well, as hope sustains us and encourages us, so now we read where the Spirit of God steps into the picture and helps our infirmities. So I read verse 26, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, Jesus Christ, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And he goes on and gives to us uh, his purpose. But for the moment, let me go back to verse 26 and 27. Notice this, please. We have a new knowledge or a new provision, verses 26 to 30. Let me repeat it. A new provision, the Spirit of God and the Son of God praying for us. Or we have two advocates, one in heaven and one on earth. We'll see that in a few moments. Or we have a new knowledge. He's, bring, he's brought us into a new knowledge concerning our relationship to the Lord himself. Now notice verses 26 and 27. We do not know how to pray. Listen to it now. How can I, how can I live in a world in an unredeemed body without failure? And what if I fail? Will I lose my hope? Oh no, oh no. The hope which God has given to us sustains us. So now the Spirit of God who indwells us, helpeth our infirmities. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. You know, that, that always staggers me. We don't even know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and so on. We don't even know how to pray. You know, quite often we talk to people, Christians, and say, I wish you'd do this for me, or I wish you'd take this class, or I wish you'd lead this group, or something else. 
and all the excuses we receive, well, you know, I, I haven't the time or I haven't the ability. And did Jenny tell you somebody else who can do it better than they can? That's a false humility. That's a false humility. And oftentimes they end up by saying, of, but of course, we will pray. We can pray. We'll pray, Brother Mitchell. We'll pray for you. Listen, friend, the Bible here says we don't even know how to pray as we ought. Believe me, I wish we could pray as we should. Don't you? But the Spirit of God helpeth our infirmities. He's our helper in our present needs as well as the guarantee of hope. That's why when you come to John chapter 14, starting in about verse 16 on, where the Lord Jesus Christ speaks of the Spirit of God who is with you, and he shall be in you. Or, as Ephesians 4.30 says, we're sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of redemption. Now, there are many spiritual needs of which we know nothing, but he knows our need. It doesn't say he's going to remove our infirmities, but he's going to take hold of our infirmities. We don't even know how to pray. In fact, I'll tell you one thing. It's the Spirit of God who stirs us up. He stirs up the desire. He awakens us and encourages us to pray. Why? Because he acts as our advocate. You know, I've oftentimes thought about this. We have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ. We have an advocate on earth, the Holy Spirit. Can I speak to that for a few moments? The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that can't be uttered. But he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what we have need of. He knoweth the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We don't even know how to pray as we ought. And I don't need to press that point. How many Christians today know how to pray? You know, it's an amazing thing to me, and I speak to Mitchell as well as to you. We all know something about praying. You, you've, heard, you've heard sermons and Bible readings and exhortations on prayer. But how many of us pray? Sometime, if you've got an opportunity, you, you get a little book by E.M. Bounds. It's the, this is the writer, E.M. Bounds, B-O-U-N-D-S, and read his little book on power through prayer. It'll stir your heart to pray. The Spirit of God will stir you up. We don't even know how to pray as we ought. But that shouldn't stop us praying because the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. I repeat it, he doesn't remove our infirmities. But you see, Mr. Mitchell, you know, when I get down to pray, I fall asleep. Well, I can appreciate that. Sometimes I do the same thing. We get tired. Isn't it too bad? We start to pray when we're, when we're tired out. And the only comfort I have is that the Lord understands. He, he knows my frailty. He's touched with the feeling of my infirmities. He knows all about it. And I remember dear old Peter. Peter was a good sleeper. You remember? Peter slept on the Mount of Transfiguration in the Lord's glory, and he slept in the Garden of Gethsemane in the Lord's agony, and he slept 
in Acts chapter 12 in jail when he's going to have his head chopped off the next day. Peter's a good sleeper. Now, I'm not going to rationalize my sleeping when I say that. But you know, the Lord understands. The Lord knows about the frailty of the bodies. But please don't, don't hold back because of that. Get down and pray, and if you can't pray, let the Spirit of God pray through you. Read your Bible and let the Lord talk to you. You'll soon be praying. But he acts as our advocate. The Spirit of God pleads, intercedes for us. You remember that verse in Ephesians 6, 18? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. Or in the book of Jude, we are to pray in the Holy Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God is in us, taking care of God's interests down here. And Jesus Christ, our advocate in heaven, is taking care of our interests up there. You see, can I say this? The Spirit of God intercedes for you and for me. And Jesus Christ in heaven is interceding for you and for me. Or as I said a moment ago, the Spirit of God is taking care of God's interests in you and me down here. God has tremendous interest in you and me. He bought us for himself. He gave his son to die for us. And he bought us as we are his purchased possession, as Ephesians 1 says. See, we are not our own. We've been bought with a price, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. God has tremendous interest in every believer, even in the weakest believer. You think he's going to leave us alone and let the world take its venom out on us? No, no. Think God's going to trust us to ourselves, to keep ourselves? Couldn't do it. What's he do? The Spirit of God comes to indwell you and me. Taking care of God's interests. As I said a while ago, we don't even know how to pray. But the Spirit of God makes intercession for you and me with groanings that can't be uttered. Now, don't you go around groaning when you pray. The Spirit of God prays without groanings. But Mark something else in verse 27 the Lord Jesus also is praying for us. He's making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, I have great interests in heaven. And my Savior is taking care of my interest up there. He's taking care of your interest up there. I tell you, God is leaving nothing to chance. He's leaving nothing, my friend, trusting you and me to work it out. The Spirit of God in us, taking care of his interests. The Lord Jesus Christ in glory, taking care of our interests. And he's praying for us. Hebrews 9, 24 says, He now appears in the presence of God for us. In 1 John chapter 2, the first verse we read, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. But if anyone sins... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Now notice verse 27. 
And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ doesn't search our hearts to find fault with us, but he searches our hearts to know the mind of the Spirit. Are you and I willing to be searched? Are you and I willing to have him come down and search our hearts? You remember the 139th Psalm says, He knoweth our thoughts of far off. And if I run to the farthest ends of the earth, I'll find him there waiting for me. He searcheth the hearts. You have in Revelation 2, 23, Hebrews 4, 12, he uses the word of God to search our hearts and he too search our hearts. And I'll tell you one thing, he's praying for you and he's praying for me. Do you ever stop to think, in John 17, 9, as well as in verse 20, in John 17, 9, he says, I pray not for the world. I pray for those whom you've given to me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me. In verse 20, and I pray not only for these alone, but for everyone who shall believe on me through their word. As you find in Hebrews seven twenty-five, you remember? Wherefore, he is able to save perfectly all those who come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. What a wonderful thing. I say, what a wonderful thing. The Spirit of God in you and me praying for us, representing God to us, taking care of God's interests in us, and he seals us until the day of redemption. He'll never leave you. The Spirit of God will never leave you. Did you hear what I said? He will never leave you. Jesus said in John 14, he's going to come to abide with you forever. And then to have the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven pleading our cause up there. Oh, I'll tell you the wonderful Savior we have, the wonderful, wonderful provision God's made for us. Look at this chapter we're in Christ Jesus. We have a new deliverance. We've been delivered from the law of sin and death. We're living in a new place in the Holy Spirit. With a new prospect, our bodies are going to be redeemed in verses 10 and 11. And a new relationship, the children of God, the sons of God, the heirs of God, having an inheritance in him. And then the new hope we have, he guarantees the very body is going to be redeemed for the salvation we have as a complete salvation, spirit, soul, body. As I repeat what I've said before, God will never be satisfied with you nor me until we stand in his presence conformed to the image of his Son. But to make the thing sure, he now gives to us a new provision, or if you want to call it a new knowledge, what is that? I've got the Spirit of God indwelling me. He indwells all believers, taking care of God's interests, and he'll never leaves us. And then I have a, the Son of God in heaven pleading my cause before the Father. Never gets tired praying for us. Never leaves us for a minute. Guarantees that we shall stand in his presence just like himself. Man, what a salvation this is. What a Savior and Lord he is. 
And it's no use me reveling in the fact that I'm a child of one who is God if I do not seek to please him here on earth, do not seek to come into his presence and spend time with him and read the word of God to know what his purpose is for for the church and for you and for me individually. I tell you what, in the hands of God. Oh, listen, Christian friend, you're in God's hands. You're in his family. You're his child. You're his heir. And don't revel in that without realizing being in his family, then you come under the discipline of God, as Hebrews 12 says. And sometimes the discipline is hard, but it always produces something. And you remember, we're tested and tried, of course, not to be destroyed, but to be purified. So it would be to the praise of the glory of his grace. And then to realize the Spirit of God is in us, taking care of his interests. And he is in heaven now, the Son of God in heaven, at the right hand of the majesty on high, taking care of your interests and my interests. I say, what a salvation is this. What a Savior this is. None like him. I can say indeed, and you ought to say with the psalmist, whom do we have in heaven but thee, who was there on earth beside thee? Though I take the wings of the morning and go to the farthest ends of the earth. <laughs> You're still there waiting for me. No wonder David said, this is too wonderful for me. It's beyond all human comprehension, but my friend, it's true. And then to realize in this Romans chapter 8 that the whole creation, the animal creation, the worlds upon which we walk, the whole universe is waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. And do you think that God, in his purpose to to glorify his people, is going to allow one thing to chance? That he's going to leave one believer to trust himself? Not, not on your word. My friend, listen. This salvation we have starts in God, is continued by God, and is going to be completed by God. So we can say with verse 28, all things work together for good. Cause, Spirit of God in us, the interceding Savior on the throne, God for us, then all things must work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. i leave you right there today. I'd like to go further. I want you to get a taste of this. Oh, listen, Christian friend, why don't you revel in these things in Christ and enjoy the one who gave so much for you, for me? Unsaved man or woman, you're listening in today, and what I've been saying is especially for those who trust the Savior. Do you have a hope like this? Have you got a Savior like this? Have you got a God like this? You can have. He is saying to you, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Why don't you come? Why not just take Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior and do it today? Christian friend, revel in him today, will you? Enjoy his presence and his fellowship.
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.